Mr. Pop. Dark. Hello and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to talk about the player cards from the second Mythos pack in The Circle Undone, The Wages of Sin. Yeah, and, and we, we should say, listeners, uh, if you're tired of us just talking about player cards, you can definitely blame us, but you should also blame FFG a little bit because they have released so many cards in the past like six to eight weeks, <laughs> and we are your, your humble uh, podcast podcast people are just struggling to keep up with all of it. But please, give us more cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. In, in no way am I trying to imply that they should stop making new cards. Because, we, we, I, I mean, I, I think we like doing these episodes. It's just it feels like sometimes we have to like do a lot of them just to keep up. Print more cards. <laughs> yep, there you go. Print, print, print more cards. We'll, we'll figure out a way for it to work somehow. And we have, we have some other cool episodes coming up that are uh, not just us arguing about whether cards are good. I think this this set overall is definitely the set that I would prefer for this to be happening on. Not a very specific set that came exactly one set before this. <laughs> but, you know, this set or maybe the set before that is a good time for this to happen. So I'm pretty happy because I'm very much enjoying this set so far. There's a, there's definitely a lot of uh, interesting and, and cool cards coming down the pipeline. The first of which, so I'll just I'll jump straight into the first one from this pack. Great transition. We've got Alice Luxley. So this is a guardian asset, costs four, one intellect icon. Uh, traits are ally, detective, and police. And she says, you get plus one intellect reaction after you discover one clue. Exhaust Alice Luxley to deal one damage to an enemy at your location. Uh, and she takes up an ally slot, and she has two health and two sanity. So she has a she has a lot in common with uh, one of the more famous allies in the game, Doctor Milan, in that she is four to play. She's an ally, and she gives you plus one intellect. So people like Joe Diamond or Carolyn that are sort of investigating but have access to guardian cards could think about using her. Yeah, I, I thought like her stat line and her static uh, boost to intellect also reminded me a lot of uh, B Cop, right? Because B Cop has two and two, and he's four to play. And he gives one one um, combat symbol, I think. And then uh, he's an ally, police. I don't remember what his other trait is, but you forgot the most important part. <laughs> oh, really? The most important part, Dane? She, she's a fearless flatfoot. A fearless flatfoot. <laughs> she's a what, Dane? She's a flatless <laughs> fearfoot. <laughs> she's a fl- look, fearless fatfoot. <laughs> look, look, to put it a simpler way, her feet are scared. That's that's what I'm getting from, from all of this. So wait, what is what is flatfoot? Uh, it's we... like a it's like a detective oh okay yeah that's all simple enough it's like a gumshoe you know what a gumshoe is uh paul simon said it once <laughs> it's just like that they, they, they're both words that mean detectives <laughs> okay all right so we have finally a blue boost to intellect right yeah. it's pretty exciting and i i think to kind of like summarize what we were saying a minute ago like the cost and the health and sanity she provides and the passive boost to a good stat plus a somewhat relevant ability on top of that puts her within the realm of like probably pretty interesting ally i think right yeah definitely um and i so i've i've tried playing her in the joe diamond deck that i'm using for our circle undone playthrough and uh i haven't really gotten to trigger her reaction ability a whole lot i was hoping that she would be a good fit for joe diamond because i'm playing both both her and dr milan 
So you double up on the intellect boosts. I have, I have charisma. So I was thinking, you know, you're going to sometimes have working a hunch on top of your hunch deck. That's kind of like the best hunch card. And if that happens, or if you have scene of the crime or something like that, you can play it to pick up a clue and then trigger her reaction and do a damage to something. So I haven't really gotten to pull that off a whole lot, but I still think she's fairly okay just to get a intellect icon and to have like the possibility of doing that. So I was surprised you haven't gotten it off as much as we thought you would might be because of some of the mechanics of the circle undone, but <laughs> uh, I would think that in uh, if, if you're doing a strategy uh, in multiplayer where you're, you're, you're the primary seeker, like maybe you're playing Carolyn and you stand on top of your guardian the whole time because you don't have anything except dynamite in your deck to protect yourself then maybe whenever a card is drawn, you can help your guardian out by discovering clues uh, to ping it. I think that was the idea. But if you're drawing monsters and you don't have someone to pull it off you, or you're just fighting it yourself, then you're not going to get the benefit from her reaction as often. It's it's basically true, but I think that just doing a Tesla's damage to something without having to engage it is good enough that even if you only manage to trigger it very occasionally, if you manage to kill like a Whippoorwill or a Cultist with it or something without spending any actual clicks, it's still pretty good. And you can even kill kind of annoying enemies like cultists if you're playing, say, Carolyn, who might not be able to fight things very well. Even if you have to investigate and take a hit for one damage from the attack of opportunity, you get the clue, you exhaust Alice, you do one damage. Like, that's pretty good. You're pretty happy if that happens. It's true. I'd forgotten about Whippoorwills. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, it works particularly well against like any any aloof enemy. This is probably pretty exactly. solid on. Yeah, exactly. So my my take is basically that the rest of her stats are kind of like borderline pretty okay. And then if you even if you only get to trigger her reaction once or twice, it's still very good. Yeah. So two other applications we we haven't confronted. One of them being Roland. Uh, Roland kind of if there are more than one enemy on him and he's suffering from machete syndrome. He can kind of, like, kill one of the enemies, and then when he kills an enemy, he'll discover a clue, which will trigger Alice, and it's kind of like a cool little transition into pinging the next enemy if it's a one-health enemy or something. And then the other other thing, even though he won't get the next clue, apart from Roland, is Yorick. Uh, Yorick is probably one of my personal favorites now that I've I've played him a couple times now in the, in the Circle Undone, and he's definitely become one of my favorites. <laughs> Um, and this is a way for him to get his horrible intellect not so horrible. If anybody is playing like solo Yorick or, or solo things that, that kind of have blue in it, but don't have any seeker or rogue because they kind of are the ones who have a lot of the uh, intellect boosting abilities now, I guess, I guess purple also has, um, what's her face? Alyssa Graham. But these are very few, few and far between, I think intellect bonuses are, so... I think it's a welcome addition. And and I think just kind of bottom line, the more flexible ways you have to pick up clues, the more likely it is that you have to trigger her ability. So, you know, playing Captain Hunch and you have working on hunches and maybe seen scene of the crimes in your hunch deck is kind of cool. But if you were just playing like Roland and you were trying to do the kind of like drop clues and pick them up stuff with, um, I can never remember the name of the card, but what's the one where you drop a clue to get plus three to a test or something? Quick study? Quick study, yeah, like if you were playing mm, yeah. stuff like that, and if you had like working hunches in your deck and you were willing to kind of hang on to them for when you needed them, you could do some pretty cool stuff. Although I, I think she's also worth playing in Captain Hunch, even when you're dependent on the right thing popping up to the top of the hunch deck. Yeah, that's 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 accurate. Cool. Um, move on to the next card, maybe? Yeah, so the next card uh, is called Well-Maintained. It's a Guardian card. It's a level one Guardian card. Uh, it's an event. Cost is zero. 
It has one agility icon on it. It is an upgrade as far as traits go. Uh, it's fast, and you can only play it during your turn. Um, attach it to an item asset you control, and there's limit one of these per asset. And there's a reaction trigger. After attached asset is discarded, return it to its owner's hand, along with each other upgrade attachment that was attached to it. So this is a really interesting protection, I think. The first thing that pops up in my mind is a protection against things like Crypt Chill and Corrosion, uh, those really nasty cards that can, you know, when you go to set up your play on turn one where you play your 45s or something, or you, know, you cash 45s and play some other card, you can go into the game with a well-maintained 45 so it doesn't get Crypt Chilled immediately. Yeah, what, what I kind of hate about it is that it can only be played during your turn. So you can't, for instance draw the crypt chill and then like during the test if you think you're going to fail play this onto your thing that you're going to probably lose it's so, a preemptive yeah so that kind of sucks i think that where this would be really good is if you have a you know there's some items that have charges or ammunition where they say when it runs out discard it and there's others that just hang around so the ones that get discarded automatically when they run out i think this might be kind of good for Although I think there's fewer of those. Well, one of those is Grotesque uh, grotesque Statue, which Diana oh. can use, and she can also grab this. Is, this. this is getting to my spicy brews. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only... Is that the only person that can play both of these? Uh, I think it is, right? I think so, yeah. Right now? Diana, Diana is getting a lot of love. I mean, another application is uh, Active Desperation with York. Yes. He can use this... To, or anybody that uses active expiration actually maybe not specifically orc but uh if you active expiration a card that you have this attached to it will still get discarded it'll still do all the you know throwing the gun at these cthulhu and hitting in the face and doing damage and you get the resources back and then it gets put back in your hand yeah but don't you i mean with york you kind of want things to go into your discard pile don't you yeah i was actually trying to think if other people could use this combo somehow maybe zoe can but yeah, I I think it's going to be part of some very creaky, janky combos, but I think for the most part, until they print some kind of like really good depletable item that gets discarded when it runs out that you can use this to like cycle a lot, I don't think this works great for Yorick, and I don't think too many other people are going to want to use it. Dan, I'm glad you mentioned Spicy Brews, because I'm all about the Spicy Brews. Hit me. Hit me right now. So this card is interesting uh, when you think about this and the uh, the Blades, or like the Mystic Blades like candles, anything that's an item that, that you can play in purple that you can sacrifice. Because when you sacrifice it, it goes to this card pile, you get the money back, and then you also get the item back, right? Yeah. All for the low, low price. Well, but but wait, when you, when you sacrifice it, you get either three bucks or three cards, right? Right. I think it's kind of hard for, to come out ahead with, with, this, with this combo, Dane. You only pay uh, one action to do it because this is fast. Or I guess two actions because sacrifice technically isn't fast. But two actions for three cards in maybe somebody that can't that can't uh, hunt for cards as well as Seekers. You also, I mean, so, okay, so say you're like Zoe, because Zoe could play both this and Sacrifice if she's willing to use some of her. But no, you need to have purple sacrifice cards. Sacrifice is level one. Oh, no, Sacrifice is level one, really? Oh, wow, so, like, almost nobody can do this combo. It's literally just Diana. <laughs> okay, so so one and, of the worst and, characters um, in the Caroline. game. Oh, and Lola. Lola can so, do it. So, so the second oh, yeah, worst character. Oh, we forgot about Lola, guys. Okay, so the two worst characters in the game can both can both do this combo. <laughs> yeah, no, tell me more. Tell me more. This sounds great. It's a spicy brew down. Okay, well, it's very spicy. Maybe maybe it's a little too spicy for you. Oh, yeah, it must must be. Must be. 
Also, if you're keeping track at home, the well has been prepared and then it was connected and now finally it's being maintained. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm I'm holding out uh I'm, I'm I'm definitely ready for there to be more uh more in this well cycle oh, later later no. in the game. Oh no. Okay. All right. Well, well, we're on the next card. We're on the secret cards. Yeah. All right. The first secret card of the pack is Mr. Rook. He is a asset, cost 3, level 0, a one willpower icon, and he is an ally. He takes up the ally slot. His text is uses three secrets, uh fast Trigger, exhaust Mr. Rook, and spend one secret. Search the top three, six, or nine cards of your deck for any card and draw it. If at least one weakness is among the search cards, draw one of them as well. Shuffle your deck. And he has uh, two sanity and two health. Hmm. His name does rhyme with book, and he's holding a piece of written material in his hand, which is inherently suspicious. Yeah, it is very dangerous. (laughs) It's also a little weird that he has no traits other than ally, right? Like, that's kind of weird. Well, he's a dealer in secrets. He's yeah. a man of many secrets himself. It's true. And if we it's had true. him in the prior pack, the secret name, we might have found the secret name faster. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I do want to say, if you play this and you ever choose to look at fewer than nine cards of your deck, you are a coward and you should put this game away and go play a Candyland or something. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. No, either go, look, go go hard or go home. Like, Go for it, or else just put your cards away and uh, go do something that's a little less scary. That's what I think. Uh, I definitely like the theme of this card, of him being a suspicious guy that has some secret he's going to tell you. Because his spooky text is like, oh, are you sure you want to know? Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, I do I do, I do, want to look at the top of cards of my deck, but uh, I don't really want to draw all these weaknesses. I li- like that theme. Uh, I'm not thinking of great uses for him, though. I guess he lets you scout your deck. And you can do it up to three times, so it does let you search your deck pretty thoroughly. I guess if you've already drawn your weaknesses, then you can do it uh, safely. Or if you've used some other card to like banish a weakness to the bottom of your deck, so you're not as worried about it. Yeah, I I also I just think that so most weaknesses you it's fine to just get them out of the way early. You know, like I mean, it it, it definitely depends what investigator you're playing and what your random basic weakness is. But I think that in a lot of cases. You might just have like a pretty unscary one. Yeah. That you, you know, like if you're, I mean, Mark can't play this, but something like Shellshock or whatever, like, yeah, sure. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, give me. Or if you just have a dead, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like if, if your basic weakness isn't very scary, or even if it is, like, oh, it's paranoia and I only have two resources, like, yeah, I'd love to draw paranoia right now, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can kind of time it. It's a fair point. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even like it's using an action either, right? He's, he's. And like tutoring from the top nine is like pretty cool. That's uh, or you know, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think so. I think the bigger problem is that he doesn't. Usually, you need your ally slot to like give you stat boost and give you something that's like a little bit more relevant. So, I I think it's like this probably isn't like your only ally. You'd probably rather have something else. But with charisma and stuff, if you have enough money to afford the three, like it's not bad. Especially with the with the two health and two sanity too. If you can use that. I think we're getting closer and closer to cooler allies that don't, like, he doesn't come anywhere near, like, the objective insanity that is Dr. Milan Christopher, but, like, he's a good auxiliary ally to kind of have next to him. Yeah, yeah. So he could be a pretty good early game ally, not even with charisma, like, he could be one that you, oh, if you draw him early on, you can use him to, like, get all the good cards out of your deck so you can set yourself up 
uh, pretty quickly, which can be pretty important, uh, especially in lower action counts, like maybe if you're playing solo or or two-person where you don't have as many actions to like just draw cards hoping to get what you need or whatever. Yeah. So you could be a good way to get yourself set up in a timely fashion. Yeah, I mean, I think this is complicated, and it's really hard to evaluate exactly how good this guy is, but I think my main advice would be pretend that it's just ignore the thing about weaknesses and like figure out whether that would be good enough. And if that's good enough, then probably just play him, because unless you have like a really horrible weakness in your deck, even if you do, a lot of times, again, you would rather like kind of have some idea of when you're going to find it than just randomly have a chance every every upkeep. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, so definitely don't play him if you have the Doomed series as your basic weakness, right? Like, don't, <laughs> like, no, 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 absolutely no, 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 not. No, no. But uh, other than that, you know, I mean... Tragically, you would probably have already decided to put him in your deck before you find out you have Doomed, so... <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's cool, uh, that one one kind of like loose synergy that he has is with Norman, uh, because it gives him an actionless shuffle effect for his kind of to see the top of the deck to what decide whether or not he wants to play it you know he might have like a cash or something on the top of the deck where he doesn't necessarily really want to play that he doesn't get give him a discount so you can kind of use mr rook to shuffle your deck and see a different card on top yeah uh, which is kind of neat yeah that's a good point and uh norman's definitely one where milan's not as strong in him just because he, right. he already has five intellect and he saves a lot of money in general so yeah yeah and he doesn't really need like any boosts yeah, and especially, like, it's it's worth looking at non-Milan Seeker allies just because if you're in a four-player game, probably someone else is already using him. So, yeah. So, no, I mean, it's definitely, like, it's kind of hard to judge exactly how great he is, and there's some decks where maybe he's not not that good, but I think this is, like, a pretty solid card. Yeah, I, I like the addition. I'm, I'm welcoming all these additions. Come on, come on, Alice, get in here. Mr. Rook, get in here. It's, it's a party. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on to the next, the next invitee to this, uh, this card party. So the next one is Hawkeye Folding Camera. This is a Seeker asset, costs two resources, has one willpower icon, it's an item and a tool, and it says, Reaction, after the last clue is discovered from your location, place one resource from the token pool on this card as evidence. Limit once per game at each location. While Hawkeye Folding Camera has one or more evidence, you get plus one willpower, two or more evidence, you get plus one intellect, and three or more evidence, you get plus one sanity, and it takes up a hand slot. So this is a lot of text, and in particular, the fact that it's limit once per game at each location that you can discover the last clue, that's kind of an annoying thing to keep track of, I think. Well, I that's mean, what I was thinking. It's only annoying if you're doing something that makes you drop clues on a location. Again. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of things in the game that can add more clues to an already, like everyone's favorite scenario, the Boundary Beyond, or um, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Diamond's Weakness. Uh, well, Boundary Beyond or... location actually changes, I think, so... Many, many encounter cards make you drop clues. Yeah, that's fair. Quick study. It's a little obnoxious, I think. It's the only thing in the game right now, the only player card in the game right now that that forces you to kind of like to to do this, right? Like to to have some sort of indicator of the effect happening at a specific place. And also that name, can we we condense that somehow? If if somebody's playing Hawkeye Folding Camera, are they going to have to say Hawkeye Folding Camera every single time that they have to reference this card? No, they just say camera. Are they going to say the H-E-F-C? Or Hawkeye. I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think we're going to need to worry about this very much. <laughs> I think it's a really cool card. I don't think people are going to be playing this card enough that uh, we really need to come up with a short I, name for it. I think it, this has some applications. I think it does, too. Okay, then, I mean, then you have so, the floor. Convince me. So, <laughs> uh, it's a card that gives you plus one will and plus one intellect. 
which eventually i mean eventually but it's after like you discover two clues and if you're a person finding clues like a seeker or any anyone that's task is uh primary clue get getter if only there were another card that was easier to play than this that would help you get the clues from the first location so like instead of instead of like paying off after you've already cleared off two locations worth of clues it would just help you get clues off of the first two locations that would be cool all right here's the thing dan uh i know what you're <laughs> referencing uh oh yeah but uh what about carolyn who also wants to shrivel things while getting clues why would carolyn want to do that though because she i mean she's got like three willpower and she has access to yeah, spells so she okay. could get one or two of these you can get two of these by the way uh and give herself oh. and give herself uh plus two will and plus two intellect and also sanity that's that part's not as exciting but and then she could be good at shrilling stuff i don't know while also getting clues yeah. to build up to that it's same thing with the Norman too, right? Like we were talking just earlier with Mr. Rook about uh, like Daisy and Norman who don't necessarily need to like take magnifying glass or don't really don't benefit from it as much. They might strongly benefit from Hawkeye folding camera being like both a buffer to their will and their uh, their book. And then they kind of get the bonus one sanity. But but in Daisy's case, part of the reason she doesn't take magnifying glasses is because she needs both of her hands to hold books. And this also gets in the way of that. But then you have her you have her little your her book bag which you like never find okay now you play mr rook so you can find that oh <laughs> but cool, you play now, mr rook exactly now we have like a big dumb combo that sucks um oh. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i mean and and even then even once you find her book like that basically lets you carry three books plus have insurance against drawing your weakness which also takes up a book slot so yeah so i just think i mean part of i want to be careful about criticizing this card because i think that there's some cards that we've thought were not super great that we maybe should have taken into account how many goddamn will tests there are in the circle undone. <laughs> so something like Tennessee Sour Mash, I still think it's not a very good card, but given how many horrific will tests there are in the circle undone, it might not be crazy to play it. So for for that reason, I want to be careful about saying that this is like bad, that you should just play Magnifying Glass instead, but I still feel like you should probably just play Magnifying Glass instead. I will definitely be trying this card out. I think that a uh, cool application is also, like, if you're playing solo Roland, maybe? Like, he wants to take this in his offhand, like, whether... But he needs to hold guns and stuff. Well, he needs to hold a gun or a machete. And then he can, yeah. he kind of has, he wants a magnifying glass, but also maybe he could, he could play this as kind of another cheap option. Buffs his will. Yeah, it does buff up his weaknesses, which is his low sanity and weaker willpower. Yeah, exactly. So that could be could be useful for him there. It's also a tool, which means that it, it synergizes with hunch guns and that uh, Joe Diamond doesn't have to drop it. So there's there's some application here, I think. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. It just, it, it's a much more complicated and clunky thing than magnifying glass, which is incredibly simple and works really well. And like the real, the top end of like what this gives you that's better is you get one willpower as well as one sanity, which... Or sorry, one willpower as well as one intellect because I don't really care about the sanity. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, give give it a try. Maybe it'll work. I just I think this is a lot of hoops to jump through, rather than magnifying glass. Also, I just don't want to say Hawkeye folding camera all, all the time. It's definitely not necessary. To, you can just say Hawkeye, or you could call it Clint or something. You know. I'm looking at the art. Is this like a is this like an early like small like spy camera? Is that what's going on with it? It's definitely taking a photo of a hanging or something, which is pretty grim. It's a very grisly uh, image. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a smaller, it's like a smaller camera uh, than what you typically would use at the time. Yeah, 
Yeah. So so let's let's move on to less grizzly type things and uh, talk about the rogue cards. Hooray! Yeah. I mean, go go ahead. Yeah, go go ahead, Dade. It's your turn. <laughs> yep. I thought it was your turn, Ben. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> the next card is a rogue type asset. Uh, it has it's you play it for three resources. It is Henry Wan, aspiring actor. Uh, Wan Wan. Juan? I can't pronounce anything, so I can't give you a suggestion. It is Henry Wan, <laughs> aspiring actor. All right, l- let me just redo that whole thing. The next card is Henry Wan, aspiring actor. He has three resources and is an asset. Uh, his traits are ally and criminal. And for an action, you can exhaust him and one at a time reveal random tokens from the chaos bag until you choose to stop or until you reveal a spooky symbol uh skull cultist tablet tentacle or elder thing symbol auto fail if you choose to stop for each token revealed via this effect you may either draw one card or gain one resource if you revealed a spooky symbol do nothing and then he has one health and two sanity and takes up an ally slot and he has an agility icon when this card was first previewed on by FFG, I think whenever the Wages of Sin article came out, a bunch of nerds, not including Dan for some reason, did a bunch <laughs> of math on whether this guy was a good or bad, depending on like different chaos bags oh, yes. and stuff. I remember that. The one I'm mostly remembering is um there's a guy called Curtis Miller who has a blog who wrote kind of like a he wrote like an R script to generate some data on this. And kind of wrote up like an analysis of it, which is pretty cool. Not, I should say, not as cool as doing it purely theoretically, but uh, still, <laughs> still, still pretty good. Um, so, and I think what his conclusion basically was, obviously it depends on what the specific makeup of the chaos bag is. If due to scenario and campaign effects, you have more regular symbols and fewer spooky symbols, then this becomes better. But even under kind of like the upper end of reasonable expectations for what the chaos bag looks like, this is still quite bad. He he found not only is it worse than just playing like Leo DeLuca, he found that it was generally worse than just clicking, uh, spending an action to gain a resource or draw a card. So, and it, you know, obviously you could try to like seal the bad tokens and build this whole ridiculous Rube Goldberg machine. If you want to do that, have fun. Uh, I legally can't stop you without going to jail. <laughs> But but I think that if if you're playing this guy because you think that it's going to like be a good expected value just by using his ability, it's definitely not. It's an interesting analysis because this effect is very not rogue to me. I was actually very surprised to see like all the all the uh, elder spooky symbols on a green card like this. I mean, it's gambling. Yeah, they're they're just yeah, using they're yeah. just using that as a substitute for like flipping a coin or something. Yeah, but like or rolling a die. One thing that, like, thematically speaking is really cool is that you can use it with somebody like Safina, and you can use, like, um... Uh, Cardbot, please tell us what card Dane is trying to think of. Olive McBride. I thought he was thinking of Cthulhu, Cthulhu Stones. And Dark dark Pact, Dark Position. Things are sealing? I don't know. The That blog post from Curtis Miller, he also did a separate table with using Olive McBride. And I think that that basically having Olive McBride and this guy, which you can only do in a couple characters like Safina, is enough to make it so his ability is kind of better. But now you're playing two allies to get something that's still not that great. Yeah, yeah, that is also true. I just I just think it's an interesting application of, of the spooky symbols. But 
if all of this math was done by incredibly smart nerds who love this game as much as we do, then I think that it's safe to say that while he's cool thematically, I'm probably not going to try and fit him in decks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was going to say, theme-wise, I think he's pretty cool, which is why I think it piqued a lot of interest yeah. uh, for an, for analysis. But uh, unfortunately, it seems like he falls flat. Maybe if you're playing with somebody else who's doing like a ceiling build, then maybe you could justify using him. But I think that'd be the only case I can think of right now. Yeah. Or if you're playing Lolo, they're both actors, right? I, <laughs> thematically. I like the theme too, but it's kind of too bad that he's an actor. It's too bad that he's not like a poker player or something. Because it seems like that would be... He's, a, he's an aspiring actor, and he's a criminal, <laughs> so he might not actually be a good actor. You know? he, has, he hasn't shown his path yet. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's just, it's too bad that his kind of like, um, you know, narrative isn't that he's like a, a card player, like a dice player or something like that, but... Card shark or something. Still still cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move to the next card. All right. The next card is Swift Reflexes. It is a rogue card, level zero, event... Cost two with two agility icons on it. It has the trait Gambit. Uh, the text is fast. Play during any investigator's turn except during an action. Immediately take an action as if it were your turn. This action does not count towards the number of actions you can take each turn. So this is Skid's ability, right? Except slightly more <laughs> flexible because you can use it during other people's turns. This is this is a skids, yeah. It also also costs you a card though. It does, yeah, it takes up a card slot, but it doesn't take you it doesn't take up your investigator card slot of having to play skids. <laughs> so you can think about that. <laughs> right. So you can play other things. Uh, no, I, I think this is an interesting card. You know, it is a is you're trading a card for an action, uh plus two money, but money is usually not that significant for rogues. And it lets you be a little flexible in that you could use it to interweave your turn a little bit more with other investigators, which Sometimes I'm sure has a strategic value. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it's pretty hard to come up with situations where this would really make a huge difference. The main use I could see for it is it does have the double agility icons on it. So if you want to play this instead of a manual dexterity or instead of a I'm out of here, and just expect to commit it most of the time, but have it available if you ever really do need an extra action really badly, then that might not be too bad. But I wouldn't like put this in your deck thinking that you're going to have the perfect opportunity to radically change the game by having one more action yeah i agree i think that its biggest boon is the fact that it does have the double agility that's that's like this is kind of like the perfect one of those cards that situational card like dan said where it's an alternative to mandex and it can there are definitely times where i've i've wanted to kind of interweave my turn with somebody else's to to do something or to like move somewhere to take to grab an enemy so that my seeker can move out of the way or something there are kind of some cool cases that this can up uh present but i also think that it's cool i mean i, I think any any green action uh or, or event card is cool because uh, safina gets even stronger with it um <laughs> as as somebody who can play five swift reflexes now we have but but if you have this why would you want to play five of them with five painted worlds like you want to have this in hand so you can commit it to things most of the time right well but see now you can like you can just take somebody else's you could take your turn in the middle of somebody else's turn right why okay <laughs> right. because you can it's fine I mean, it's interesting that they made it so you can't use it to interrupt somebody else's action because i know there's some more right. combos with that uh with some a couple of existing yeah. cards I also I think I like the art on this card, I like the like the angling. Yeah, right? it's cool. Yeah, good action. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, I think it's it's decent, and I think it has potential to find its way into some decks. 
Yeah, I, I've been in the habit of like playing at least one I'm out of here in pretty much whenever I, for some insane reason, play Rogue. So, I mean, I'm out of here is really fun because you could, you can have like the eureka moment of like, oh, you guys are losing. Guess what? I have in my hands, uh, <laughs> you know, see, see you suckers. This isn't quite as fun as that, but uh, it's probably a little bit more likely you're actually going to be able to play it instead of just committing it. So, oh, this yeah. is, this is going in all of Alex's decks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, but he's also, I mean, he's also really big on I'm out of here. So I don't know, but. <laughs> oh yeah. But he's going to interrupt all the turns. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Any, anything else about this one or should we move on to the next card let's head out to the mystic cards cool cool so the first mystic card is called wither uh it's a it's an asset level zero cost two resources has one combat icon on it uh it is a spell and it says action fight this attack uses willpower instead of combat if a skull cultist tablet or elder thing is revealed during this attack the attacked enemy gets minus one fight and minus one evade for the remainder of the turn to a minimum of or one. This attack does zero extra damage. Yeah, that last part seems seems pretty pretty relevant, right? <laughs> the last part that isn't actually on the card that I just threw in there. To a minimum of one? This card this attack does zero extra damage. <laughs> oh right. Uh that is that is certainly That is a No, here's the thing though. Okay? Here's the thing. Ready? Are you ready for this oh, thing? Alright, go ahead. It has no charges. Um, which means that you can use this infinitely. This is the first of the spells that we've seen that do this. Is that right? Uh, I mean, it's also the first of the spells we've seen that isn't like, you know, good. Um, no, <laughs> no, but I mean, that's not true at all. So this is a card that can fill the gap for if you're trying to build like a fighting focused seeker or excuse me, a fighting focused mystic and you want to make your deck a little more consistent, perhaps you don't want to rely just on shriveling uh, as a level zero deck. It's not great, though. I guess it's also helpful for, like, three health enemies, because you could attack with this first, hit them, maybe you draw a spooky symbol, and it, it weakens their fight and evade for the next attack. Well, actually, uh, that works on the current attack as well. Uh, but, yeah, the lack of plus one damage, uh, which that's kind of the standard for an attack action at this point, is that you expect to do two damage, does hurt this card a lot. It's possible that, like, the upgraded version of it might be pretty solid. Like maybe the upgraded version will do the plus one damage. That would be um, cool. Um, it would. I, I suspect it would have to be like five XP or have some big downside or something to work like that. But that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, there might be if you started from a point of view of I'm going to make a like extremely fighty Akashi deck where I need to be the main fighter for our group. Then maybe you would play this just out of desperation. Normally with a Mystic, you kind of like play a mix of because shriveling is really good but you only have two copies of it you play a mix of like shriveling and right of seeking and other things and you're like kind of like a powerful flexible character but if you wanted to go all in on fighting stuff then yeah maybe you'd end up playing this i mean akachi is the last one i'd probably pick for this just because she gets extra charges but right well right. the point still stands as a, somebody like agnes it's a good backup spell i was trying to think of not agnes because for agnes if you were going like full-on fighting with agnes you would do some kind of weird nonsense like you'd play the meat cleaver or something um, <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know well I, I think agnes kind of benefits from this more than others just because she's so powerful you know like obviously you don't you don't if, if you're the main fighter and you're agnes she already has a really good ability in that she can kind of ping herself with horror uh, to to deal horror so maybe this could see some play aside that you would upgrade into shards or you'd upgrade into song of the dead if that's your jam 
Oh, I mean, I would I would definitely play this over Song of the Dead every time. This is way better than yeah, Song of well, the Dead. Yeah, I just mean like in terms of like maybe maybe if you're gym or something and you're trying to upgrade into it later and you're kind of a fight centric gym, you yeah. want shriveling and then this and then you can upgrade these into your your Songs of the Dead. Yeah, I could see it. Wait, and even Shards of the Void fit if you want a second attack spell. Yeah, shards shards as well. If the effect didn't last just for your turn. If it was like for the remainder of the round, I noticed that I too. Think that would be a lot stronger because then you could be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's a three health enemy or five health enemy. I'm going to attack it once so that my fighter can attack it uh, twice, potentially with a easier test or something." You know? Yeah. Sure. So here's the first application of uh, the green card that we just reviewed, right? Uh, so reflexes, you can kind of interject when when somebody's brought the fight and evade down, and you can like if you have quick thinking or if you have that that card, you can kind of step in and benefit from it sounds like dane's already working on his next safina deck that's what it sounds like <laughs> i believe it yeah um should we let's let's actually can we go ahead and talk about the next purple card just because it's sort of closely related to this one oh yeah yeah definitely so the next card is the sixth sense and not the movie uh it is a three to play asset wait wait um, you're, you're saying this isn't the bruce willis movie made into a card really it's it's not nor does it have bruce willis's image on it interesting unfortunately. interesting it's a spell you could commit uh for one intellect uh, and you action investigate investigate using will instead of um, intellect. If a spooky symbol is revealed during this test, you may choose a revealed location connected to your location, uh, and you are now investigating as if you were at that chosen location instead of your location. And then you may use either shroud value. So this is kind of like the the investigating analog of wither. And I think that to me, when when I first saw these cards side to side, side by side, I was like, oh, this is like. This is like the corset base level sort of spells for mystics because they don't have charges and they just kind of convert what they're bad at to what they're good at, right? They they want to use their will for everything. But I think this is marginally better than Wither because picking up a clue is just generally more helpful than punching a monster once, right? It, there's just far more application for that. And I think that this is a great uh, addition in that the, the, uh, the spooky symbol effect is actually pretty good. Yeah, I I agree with you about that. Mostly just that doing one damage to an enemy by attacking is pretty bad, and getting one clue is like pretty okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I've seen builds where like there were there were people who kind of scouted out like a investigative sort of gym build, um, where he took for his off class things like um, magnifying glasses and things, and I I think that now with with six sense and right of seekings, now you can have like a purple inve- uh, investigator mystic who is tuned much better to to deal with um to deal with investigating efficiently yeah and if you're playing like i was talking about earlier kind of a flexible mystic that can do some fighting and some investigating you should certainly play right of seeking before this in most cases i think like if you're only going to play one of the two play right of seeking but if you wanted to go all in on investigating then i think you could definitely play six sense and right of seeking yeah definitely so six sense i think will also be strong in solo Yes. Uh, where right of seeking is actually not as good because a lot of locations have like one clue on them. Yeah, that's true. So this is right. it's it's cheaper to play. So yeah, solo I think it's a good a good option for it. even even two player it could be okay or so, something something to have something to have where you can not have to worry about like using right as your last action or using like grotesque statue to like minimize the spooky token draw. It could be mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, and, and maybe we should also mention that they just put out that new card recently, Sign Magic, which lets you sort of have an extra spell uh, arcane slot if you really want it. So that's kind of opening up things a little bit more towards, 
you, it's not like you always only have two arcane slots. Like if you want a third one, it's less difficult to get it now. So that opens things up a little bit too. Yeah, that's true. So you could, I know some people when they build decks are don't want to add cards when they won't have enough slots to actually play all of the cards in the deck at any given time. So if you're worried about that, if you want to be able to, you only want to put three different spells in your deck and actually be able to play them all at once, then sign magic is a good choice. What do we think uh, design-wise about like these two cards, where they're just cards that straight up replace a core stat with, with willpower? Uh, I mean, they do both each have this kind of if a weird symbol is revealed thing, which kind of ties into some of the other mechanics that Mystics are doing in this set. Yeah. So, but but I agree that they're they're mostly just turning something into will. Like the other, the the spooky symbol abilities are not going to happen that often. And there's like no downside other than the I guess cost to play them, right? Yeah. Because there's no charges, yeah. and yeah. you want to be using will anyway. I think I think like they're they're perfectly fine includes to the pool um that they kind of need it because they're the spells if they wanted to go full seeker or or yeah if they wanted to go full full seeker get get all the clues it was tough because they had drawn of the flame and they had uh, right of seeking and that was kind of it right like they didn't have a lot of other other things now they have a really solid base baseline if you want to be fighty you can take wither and you can take shriveling and have a better chance at being like a strong fighter for your for your friends and if you want to do um, seeking, you can go go for six cents and right of seeking. It's kind of like a really. I feel like it filled the filled those kind of roles out really nicely for them. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Both of these. I mean, both of these. I think do sort of make sense in the right type of deck. Six cents, especially. Whether it's just kind of a harder sell because we really, when we're attacking, want to do two damage at least. But but yeah, these are both cool. All right. Let's take a look at the survivor cards. The first one is Drawing Thin. Uh, it is level 0, it is an asset, cost 0 to play, and 1 willpower icon on it. It is a talent. The text is Reaction. When you initiate a skill test, exhaust Drawing Thin, increase the difficulty of this test by 2, gain 2 resources, or draw 1 card. I think this card might be very good. This is great. This is really good. <laughs> I think this card <laughs> is very good, Yes. Look, all all survivors really want to do is fail tests. This is a card oh, yeah. that pays you for making tests harder. I you mean, got your rabbit's foot. You got your uh, take heart. Your take heart, formerly kind of a trap card. Now you're actually going to have a reliable way to trigger it, getting a ton of money in cards. It's never felt better to fail, guys. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I guess actually having two of these out might, uh, you know, that might really make it feel better to fail. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean there's definitely two applications of this like one is just like if you want to fail a test or you're going to fail a test anyway and you don't care by like a, a fail by x mechanic then it's like mm -hmm. oh well might as well get you know two money or a resource or two money or a card out of it you know uh yeah. or if it's a test you're already like way ahead on that you're going to pass anyway even if you vote by two it's like oh great i, I think for survivors the, the first of those two things is going to happen more often <laughs> for survivors but yeah you're right yeah. <laughs> Although I can see sometimes you play like Wendy or something and you investigate with lockpicks and you have like an eight versus a two or something like that. Like you could definitely boost it up a little more. Yeah. yeah oh, sure. Sure. And also uh, you could combo with some of the uh, stat pumping cards that I think you're actually like, getting a net gain out of it. Like uh, like streetwise, you know, you increase the difficulty by two, you get two money, but then you spend the two money to give yourself a three plus three bonus. So you like you can use it to buff a skill in some scenarios or a fire axe could also work. Right, right. Min Min is notably the only investigator who can use the broken um 
Dr. Milan Christopher and higher education and this part <laughs> altogether to kind of completely moot the the deficit from this by just paying one to Christopher who will give it back to you anyways and also gain the benefit on top of it. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I mean one thing that we should maybe mention is we are in the campaign where failing at investigate tests is uniquely bad because of haunted so be careful about that because normally the kind of like the standard way, if you're like, quick, I need to fail a test, it would be, you know, just, just do it, just do an investigate. Look around the room. Um, but that's maybe not always a great idea in the circle undone, but even still, I think this is quite good. You can even, I mean, if, if you have access to a test that you know you can fail reliably, and if you're not scared of scary stuff in the chaos bag, you can just try to do the test, use this to gain two resources and then fail it. And you basically just spend an action to gain two resources. Like, with no other cards necessary. So the, even that is, like, a pretty okay benefit once per turn. Yeah. I mean, the other notable thing that I, I saw immediately was that it synergizes with Dark Horse builds. <laughs> yeah, In it that does. it costs zero, <laughs> and also it, it gets you uh, the resources that you might need, and you don't have to kind of take the one at upkeep, or you can draw cards. You can draw cards much more efficiently. Yeah, and I, we, we haven't even talked about this, but hey, you guys, this costs zero. This literally just costs zero. There's so few cards that cost zero. That's so good. Well, I mean, in Survivor. I mean, it, like you said earlier with the Dark Horse, you can have your Dark Horse out, be in broke mode, draw this. Oh, it's zero. I have zero. I'll play it. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Like most Survivor yeah. cards should cost zero, to be honest. Choose, drop them to zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. What is going on in the art? Is the guy's like, he's hunched down behind like a desk and there's a tentacle monster outside? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I mean, I'm just going to try to throw out some advice here for using this card. Maybe don't use this card for the test where a tentacle monster is trying to eat you. <laughs> like, the, this guy in this art is maybe not in the situation where he should be activating this card. <laughs> but, it needs to be a big red X. Yeah, like, there's there's going to be times where you don't want to trigger this, but uh, I don't know, you know? Well, there's time. the times you don't want to trigger it is when you're on, like, a fail-by-whatever test. Because, like, say you use this on Rotted Remains, and you uh, boost it up to difficulty 5, and then you draw tentacles, it's like, oh. Uh, well, nope. I got two money. Oh, ooh, I took five horror. Ooh, <laughs> I went crazy, guys. Well, enjoy <laughs> no, the scenario. Turn one out. No, 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 uh, <laughs> that's great. Those don't exist anymore. Oh, could is is there some other dumb, insane nonsense for this? Like, what's that card? Rise to the occasion, where you can only use it if it's like a really high difficulty. Oh, or all the dumb Calvin cards, where it's like, oh, if you have no chance of passing this test, you get to play <laughs> this card. Uh, like are, <laughs> you might be able to combo with some of those that's pretty cool actually yeah i didn't think about that i, mean, I don't i don't really care but because this would this would synergize with rise of the occasion right in the way that you can pump the test so that the test yeah is it's the by three. test difficulty versus your base skill yeah yeah i mean but again the cool thing about this card is it's good even if you don't do any of that nonsense like it's just still a good right card, so. yeah. right it's just a really solid card yeah 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 survivors man this said i've uh i mean i've been really there's a wendy deck i've been playing a little bit where you have pickpocketing and you have lucky cigarette case or rabbit's foot. Like you can kind of pick either one. I th uh, they're, they're both pretty okay. You can draw a lot of cards that way. I was also playing that same combo of two cards in Finn. Like you can get a lot of cards from effects like that. I think you could similarly get a lot of cards just by playing this and rabbit's foot. Like you could pretty reliably draw a couple of cards most turns. So that'd be really powerful. Yeah. 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 Do either of you know what drawing thin means? Is that like a term from some type of sport or like other card games or something to beat something i'm not sure i've ever heard it used exactly this way before but i think it just sort of means like 
things are getting things are getting bad <laughs> like we're we're in down to the wire so to speak yeah that kind of thing yeah. maybe if anybody wants to correct us please let us know uh, but... down to the wire would be a much better name for this card to be honest right how about the wire and would the picture would the picture show somebody like putting that wire up to a doorknob or something to electrocute the Cthulhu? It's <laughs> a so, wrong, wrong card, man. That'd be cool, right? Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know. I'm sad that this just doesn't have any cool flavor text with it because that guy is definitely in a predicament, and this card is definitely great. And I'm gonna play this in a lot of decks. Just just put yeah, just stick some flavor text on there, like uh, Mondays, you know. So, like, <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Like that. There's the spice. Let's get to this last card, even though we do love drawing thin. So last card is Belly of the Beast. Wow, just going to not let Dan read it. All right, that's yeah, fine, Dan. Was, Go for it. Just I have no idea what order is anymore. The last card is Belly of the Beast. This is a survivor card. Uh, it's level zero. It's an event. It costs one resource. It has a willpower icon and an agility icon. Uh, it is a gambit and a trick. Uh, tricks are for, uh, well, kids, but tricks are for Rita, right? Is that the thing? Yeah, that means Rita can play it. I mean, she can add them to her oh, deck, wait. but she can already add this, so... Yeah, oh, really good. It means Rita can use this uh, red card. Fast, play when you successfully evade an enemy by two or more. Discover one clue at that enemy's location. Did they know that Rita came out in the set, guys? It is really too bad that uh, almost all the tricks are red already, right? Like, it doesn't really add anything, but that's okay. I mean, it's like Mark with Tactics. It's like they they think that her ability plus the five in a stat means that her deck building has to be kind of restricted, so... I'm playing Rita right now in, in our Circle Undone campaign, and I'm very excited to put this in because it means that I could do something. And that's great. Yeah, I mean, would you play this... Would you rather have this than, like, a Look What I Found or a Winging It? Don't don't ask me more questions. No, but more that's a that. good question, though, Dane. Life is about answering questions, Dane. Look What I Found is is generally like just a solid effect, right? Because discovering clues is always good. And I think that I might just play both of these because what else is in my deck? Like newspapers? Yeah, I'll play these over newspapers. <laughs> sure, but I mean, there's also winging it. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, how many clue cards do you want in your reader deck? And is, does, is this really among the best of them? Yes, it is, because uh, it's Tesla's. I was thinking yeah. this is more of a uh, Finn card. And he takes up one of his off slots, but... You know, he evades stuff all the time. He doesn't need it, though. But Finn can just inv- Finn can just get clues by investigating. It's true, but, I mean, Tesla's... It's a... Wendy, though. It's not Tesla's, but it is a test that you might be doing anyway on Finn to get a clue. I don't know. I think there is there is an argument for putting this in your... as If you're playing a survivor and you want to have a couple clue cards in your deck and it's circle undone, there's an argument for playing this instead of look what I found just because failing investigates is pretty bad because of the haunts. But in general, I probably, I don't think this is super good, but I don't know. So I think one thing that this, this past cycle has had me thinking a lot about is investigators that came out in this aren't really hard locked into a role, right? Like we don't have like a very clear, like Mark, like guardian figure for everybody, right? Because we got Caroline instead. We don't really have like a hard seeker because we got Joe instead, right? Who is admittedly a seeker so he's really strong but also he's kind of a guardian too but that's besides the point we got marie and we got um uh diana and we got uh rita i'm (laughs) missing i'm missing somebody who's not very important at all um how dare you forget the richest man in town (laughs) the millionaire yeah everybody knows his name and his uh unique skill set of being rich prepare to be evicted (laughs) 
my my favorite thing in this set for for whatever reason maybe it's just thematically it's cool is is like I love playing survivors in this set for whatever reason I know it's it's very strange because survivors are historically not not very good and and we've been kind of harsh on them in in the past but man I'm loving survivors in this set I think that it's really cool to be able to have a little bit of ability to fight and have a little bit of an ability to get some clues and I've been finding that like look what I found between look what I found and like winging it things like that um, make you very versatile in the sense that you can kind of hop back and forth between the two and still be pretty useful to your team um, kind of as like a third or fourth not necessarily being the main seeker but I think that this kind of takes them one step closer if you're playing somebody like Rita or somebody like Wendy who I think Wendy's definitely the best candidate for if you wanted to play a seeker survivor seeker you can do so because she has access to um, now she has access to this, which is an option. She's got um, all of the aforementioned red cards, but also she has access to all the new cool rogue stuff that they just got. Yeah, and it does it does fit with um, pickpocketing, which encourages you to evade an enemy by two or more, and cigarette case, right, which is in the right. same color as evading stuff. Uh, here, here's my question for uh, Rules Master Ben. Uh-oh. Suppose you you <laughs> yeah. Suppose you use that sort of bad new version of blinding light that was in the last pack to evade an enemy and you get to move it to any location on the map. This says discover one clue at that enemy's location on, on Belly of the Beast. So could you evade an enemy with that purple card whose name escapes me? Vanish. Move them to some other location, then play this card, even though you're not at their location, to get a clue from that enemy's new location that you move them to. Uh, I'd have to look at like the ordering of the events on that card, but... And more generally, if you use this to successfully evade an enemy, it doesn't have to be at your location. It's hard to do that, to evade an enemy that's not at your location. But if you could somehow do that, you can play this card even if you're not at that enemy's location. Okay, I, I doubt this is going to come up. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I, I, doubt, I don't remember the wording on that. But yes, you could trigger this off of the enemy you evaded at a different location if you do that somehow. Okay. I Well, I guess one example would be, um, isn't there one of the locations in undimensioned and unseen that lets you kind of remotely evade something yeah there might be there's definitely effects in the game that do that it's just not a a general thing that it you might it might not be it might not be that you successfully evaded it it might be like if you succeed exhaust that enemy it might not actually count as like evasion yeah, it's so. important that like successfully evade means you actually had to like do a evade test of some kind right yeah you had to do a test that said the bold word evade on it yeah or third turkey right i think automatically evade doesn't apply to stuff like this because there's no timing window and because you wouldn't have successfully evaded by two or more like if you played a cunning distraction you couldn't play this right right oh gotcha interesting okay good to know preston's never gonna do this that's what matters (laughs) well no it's 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 not it's not illicit it's just uh it's a gambit there's no there's no law that says rich people can't do gambits yeah apparently there's no law that says that Preston can't be allied with criminals either, because I was just realizing that he could be friends with Henry Wen, even though if Henry Wen offered him a switchblade, he couldn't take it. Right. I mean, <laughs> rich people are like Preston, he can sometimes be associated with criminals, like he knows them, but, you know, he wouldn't actually do anything illegal with them, right? Why would he do that? He has money. Stealing from the candy yeah. store. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is legally, it's not even possible for rich people to commit crimes. That's, you know, just basic law 101. Yeah, so I think, like, the survivors have easily gotten like a really good card out of each of the last three packs. Go survivors, go! That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> keep, much true. Keep going. Yeah, I think a lot of the classes have gotten good cards. We're definitely, definitely 
liking these yeah. cards a lot more than uh for sure a previous cycle i think uh maybe in the <laughs> next pack they'll get a card that costs like a four or five xp or something you know <laughs> like it it, it, it that's it, a good it one happen. dan that yeah. is a good one yeah so guys those are our thoughts on the player cards and the wages of sin do you guys agree or disagree with our assessment are there any rules that ben failed to correct us on comment wherever you listen to podcasts or email us at miscatonicuniversityradio at gmail.com and uh there will never be any level five survivor cards lose abandon all hope guys uh see you next time bye bye Got to talk about how six cents could be Zoe's God sense or Pitobo sense. Dang it.